Hey, it's Sarah and Kristen. Welcome back for another episode of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. Before we kick off, we would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and sea where this podcast is being recorded on, the land of the Gubby Gubby people of the Sunshine Coast. We pay respect to their elders past, present, and those emerging. Well, it is great to be back recording, and as has been a bit of a theme for us this year, we've been pretty sporadic. That is not to say, however, that we aren't hugely appreciative of all of our listeners who've been messaging, asking when the next episode is coming out. Thanks for checking in. We are still here, that's for sure. And we do have a couple of great episodes coming up for you very shortly. One of those episodes is today's show, where we were so excited to welcome on a fellow podcaster, Elise Marcianti. Elise is about two weeks out from embarking on a 300-kilometer run and trek from Mount Kosciuszko to Bright, where she is now residing, and we got to chat to her about the lead-up to her awesome upcoming adventure, as well as the why behind what she is doing and her fundraising for Eating Disorders Family Australia. We are stoked to follow your journey, Elise, and we have no doubt that this will be an adventure of a lifetime. All right, let's get into it. Cue the music with Kristen. Welcome to episode 44 of the Into the Wee Hours podcast. My name is Sarah Pendergrass and I am joined by my wonderful co-host, Kristen Voughton. Hello. 44 episodes, we're almost a half a century, albeit sporadic recording right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we are joined virtually by the also wonderful Elise Marcianti. I feel like I've already forgotten how to pronounce your name now that I've said that. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> now, uh, we appreciate Elise is in a very busy period at the moment, as we've just heard, and as we're going to dive into. So thank you so much for joining us, Elise. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. Of course. We are going to get into the why of why you're busy and what you're up to very shortly. But just to warm up, even though I am sweating in Queensland currently. <laughs> um, we don't need to warm up anymore. <laughs> That's it. We're done. We're going to jump in with some quick fire questions. Quick fire. We'll see how quick fire they are. I'm going to start off. So this is the fan favorite, Elise. Pineapple on pizza, hell's yeah or hell's no? Hell's yeah. Took me a long time to warm up, though. I used to be a hell no. And then I tried it and, yeah, it goes. Yeah, you're <laughs> on it. If you go to the fish and chip shop, do you get, like, the um, the grilled pineapple as well? Oh no. no. <laughs> no I've never had like a, I've never been a grilled pineapple or even like the onion rings. Yeah, like, okay. Okay, but we'll have it on yeah. pizza. Maybe just like if it's just sprinkled on if it's just enough. Yeah, just in small doses. I wouldn't go out of my way to make sure there's pineapple on the pizza, but there for it is. Like, yeah, I'm about it. Fair enough. Sarah. Fair enough. You also might get a little <laughs> bit of rumbling and grumbling. Oi, boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So at least it's karaoke night. You're out with like all everybody everybody is there and they're like elise elise and they're chanting you to get on what is the song that you're singing at karaoke night oh i don't know if this is really a karaoke night song but pump it louder like pump it by buckeye peas is just like that's my jam just like hits you in the feels just gets you going yeah nice absolutely nice. love it i love that <laughs> All right. So as we will know that here, Elise, you are a person of so many talents, so many adventures. Like we just need to look at your Instagram feed. And I was like, it would be quicker to write a list of what you don't do. Because <laughs> I'm like, there's roller skating, there's snowboarding, there's trail running, there's hiking, there's bike backing. There's like so much stuff going on there. It's so inspiring. But two things I've noticed a lot of, and one like we've had a little exchange over Instagram about are climbing and slacklining. Like, if you're interested in slacklining and you're listening, check out Elisa's feet because this girl is doing some high shit. If, however, you could only slackline or you could only climb for the rest of your life. I know, it's a brutal question, right? <laughs> That's so cool because the last week I've literally just been slacklining and climbing and it's been the most amazing combo. It's just, like, 
couldn't be any better. Um, Enough. Would it count Enough. if I could uh, slack line, but then climb without rope, just like scramble around and like do my own thing? So oh, it's pushing it. What's, where's the rules coming in? Of <laughs> <laughs> climb without gear, how's that sound? Um, to slack lining. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Great. We love a bending of the rules. That's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and again, quick fire is hardly ever quick fire anyway. So. <laughs> all right. So at least now you are out trail running and in the middle of the trail, you come across a genie. And so if you're familiar with Aladdin, the genie comes out and he's like, I've been looking for you at least. I've got three wishes for you, but there's rules. He can't make anybody fall in love with you. He can't bring anybody back from the dead and he can't wish for more wishes. What are your three wishes? If groceries are free. <laughs> I mean, grocery shopping all day. Like that would be, oh, sorry. Well, first wish, groceries are free. That would be amazing. Um, sorry, did you say three wishes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Second wish would be more time in the day. <laughs> oh, <I laughs> Maybe an additional like every... 10 hours in the day would be really lovely. That'd I can just like so good. <laughs> a bit more chill, a bit more quiet. Yeah, I would love that. And wish number three would be that I could take my dog anywhere and everywhere. Oh, that we are with great, you on that one. Great wish. <laughs> and what sort of dog do you have? This is not part of the I've got a toy caboodle and she's like my shadow. Oh, Love geez. it. Because she's like eensy weensy tiny. She can like pretty much fit in your pocket anyways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Does she, is she, um, what do they call them? Crag dogs? Oh, she hasn't really been, she hasn't been out too much, but she'll follow me anyway. It's so cute. Like if I cross a river, she's doesn't like swimming she doesn't you know she won't she won't swim herself but she'll she'll cross just to follow me or if I'm like walking along a tree that's fallen down she'll she'll follow oh bless (laughs) yeah I do also um work at the boulder gym and she she's come to work before which is very cute nice cute love it all right so another thing about you um that I love is your artistic talent and your creativity you have like such vast talents. I love the murals that you've created. I love your sketchbook shares. What is your favorite way of creating art? Oh, I love two kind of sides. One is documenting. Like I really love, I find it um, really hard, like leaving a place and moving on. Like I feel like things don't last, you know, you'll take a souvenir and it breaks or you've lost it. And I think something that really sticks is when I'm able to document it when I like take things from a place and then draw it and I usually map my runs and I map my hikes and I map where I go and it just has this like really sentimental value that it's like whatever I saw of the place and gets to stay with me. Um, and the second is kind of creativity as a way of being, which I'm not sure if you've read Rick Rubin's book, but it's just something that really hits home it's not the art product itself it's not about growing that product or as a business it's a way of seeing and I think that's what kind of ties into my love of hiking and running is that I can think creatively and like have that process be the art rather than the final product yeah absolutely love that of course fantastic that's beautiful yeah I I really like the idea of like almost creating your own souvenir because you're right like if you go to San Francisco, your souvenir that you're getting is inevitably going to be like the um, Golden Gate Bridge or something like that. But you could have had something so different from that trip that really resonated with you. You get to kind of create it. I think that's awesome. Super cool. I like that answer a lot. <laughs> um, and the final wish – or sorry, not the final wish. The final question still on the genie. <laughs> uh, the final, I, mean, I know, right? We can always have more wishes. <laughs> The final question is, um, so we had a sports, now make sure that I'm getting it right, Sarah, sports psychologist, Luke, because I always mess it up. Do you know, I, and funnily enough, I was like, I need to check because I know you're going to ask me. I think he, he does do sports psychology, but I think he's like a clinical or performance psychologist as well. He's cl- Well, he is clinical and I think performance is the sports related thing. Perfect. Sorry, Luke. We mess this up every time. Every time. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. <laughs> so Luke came on and he, we were talking about um, how sometimes gratitude is really external. Um, and sometimes we just need to take a second and be very nice to ourselves and be internal. So Elise, right now, give yourself a compliment. Oh, um, oh wow. 
I guess I'd like to be grateful for like the dedication I have. Nice. Like it. Awesome. Can I ask, the quick fire. Can I ask you guys? <laughs> oh, compliment. You go first, Sarah. You're so good at giving yourself a compliment. Actually, I have like a very simple compliment that I joined a new gym this week and I've been showing up at 5 a.m. consistently and loving it. So I am proud of myself for making that commitment to myself. Nice. Good job, Sarah, holding that commitment. Thanks, <laughs> um, I'll compliment myself. I've got uh, my newest dog is taking a lot of my time. And while I'm not balancing it amazingly, this is going to be like that one of those backhanded compliments like – I'm doing, I was about to say, I'm, doing a pretty, I'm doing a pretty good job of fulfilling his needs and also paying attention to my own dogs. Yes, <laughs> I'll say that. If all this right. was your podcast, we'd be editing all those and the whatever, but that's yeah. okay. Good uh, on, Kristen. Yeah. <laughs> I get job. power of the editing, so. I... <laughs> <laughs> all right, back to you, Elise. <laughs> so um, every guest that we have on, we always kind of like to start off with like a bit of an introduction to who is Elise. So it's kind of like an origin story. You can do as many or little words as you would like. Sometimes it guides the entire conversation that we say in the origin story. And sometimes it's like, my name is this, I'm from here, and this is where I am. <laughs> so whatever feels right to you, Elise, let us know your origin story. Thank you. I love it. It's really funny because I think I move around a fair bit and people are like, oh, so like, where are you living? It's like, well... I'm kind of in bright, but I'm also like never really anywhere. And like, I'm always on the move. So I don't really know how to answer that. Like, oh, like, what do you do for work? I'm like, well, I don't really have a title. I do a lot of things. I don't really know what like you classify. It's just been like, this is the hardest way to just simply answer a quick question. But I will give a little rundown in terms of like my movement. And I guess how I ended up in bright, which is, I guess, where I call home, at least for now, it feels like my base, which is really lovely um was after the COVID lockdown I kind of started working on the east coast and did my first snow season and at that point another lockdown got announced and I was still riding up at the snow and the option was to either go back into Melbourne and have a harsh lockdown or stay regional Victoria and try van life with a friend um and find some work somewhere so while I was on the chairlift I put out on like the community page if there's any work going and managed to get a job in Bright. I'd never been here before. I didn't know the town even existed and um, rocked up there and pretty much like never left. Like I've gone away and I've always come back. There's just so much adventure and amazing people. And it's just like, it's what started the lifestyle and the way of living and adventure that I have now. Amazing. Where were you doing a ski season? Um, I've done one up in Jindy and then kind of like between Hotham and Falls and Mount Borbore. Yeah. Awesome. We did a, um, season at Perisher when we first got to Australia as well. Oh, sick. Yeah. yeah it was good. there last year. Is bright everything that I imagine it to be? Is it like kind of the Colorado of Australia where it's just like everybody's out? Yeah, Colorado, but it is, it is so stunning. It's got like Mount Feathertop, which is my f- absolute favorite hike. And even all the gateway trees when you're driving down the road. They're all over the road. It's just, it's bright. <laughs> it, it is. I love bright so much. I know I've said to you before, Elise, there's just something about the feel of it and just like, even like the vibe with the brewery and the river and yeah, and having the mountains, like having proper mountains around you as well. It's just magic. Really. Like I was riding my bike through town and I look up and there's just 10 paragliders in the sky in town. It's just like, oh, is this real? <laughs> And it seems like everybody probably would have the same mindset of like adventure and being outside. Like that's also like part of the vibe that I kind of feel like I get from just what I've heard of Bright. Yeah. Absolutely. And you mentioned um, Melbourne. Is that where you grew up? Or, or yeah. yes. Sorry, from yeah. Originally. yeah, nice. So city life to uh, not city life, that's for sure. <laughs> Very different. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Kristen, is there anything else you want to ask before we launch into um, Elisa's next big adventure? No, let's do it. I'm keen to hear about it. All right. So I was keen to bring Elise on today, first of all, to return a favor because Elise is also a podcaster. We should give a shout out there. So Elise has a fantastic podcast called Explore Your Core. So please go and check that out if you haven't already. Um, but Elise has a big project, mission, adventure. I'm curious how you would describe it coming up. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? 
Yeah, so it's called Moving for the Mind and it is a 300-kilometer 300, 300 journey from Kosciuszko to Bry, um, starting with an ultramarathon and then hiking over two weeks back down. And, um, yeah, I guess it's starting to feel a little more real, like just a few months ago. I was like, oh, it's an idea, like maybe that's something. And, um, yeah, in two weeks I, I set off. Nice. So what's just a timestamp there? What, what's your start date? Oh, yeah, so the 7th of December is the run. 7th of December, nice. Is there a reason that you chose to do it kind of through the summer? Is it better weather? Like, um, yeah, any, I guess, considerations for the time that you chose? Um, I think it's just, yeah, it's ideal kind of parking time. It will be getting warm, but between that kind of December and March is good timing for it. And I thought it'd be a really nice, like, sense of coming home, like starting from the highest point of Australia and returning to Brighton, returning in time for Christmas back to, like, home and family. I just really like the sentimental um, sense of that. And have you mapped your own route or is this following an existing track? What's your route look like? Yeah, so I'm following the Australian Ups walking track, but... um. Direction is not my forte. It has definitely been a massive challenge, even just like working out the food drops and the kilometers in between. Um, yeah, huge, <laughs> huge challenge. Um, but it is a long Australian up walking track. Amazing. Nice. So it sounds like you're doing everything on your own. There's no like you're not you're just doing it all self-supported. Yeah, pretty much. So I've got a couple of friends that are going to join at the end. I'd love to do feather top um, overnight with all my friends which is going to be lovely and I've got like my uncle and another friend joining maybe the, the second third last day so the ultra run is the run the high in Kosciuszko so that will be with a group that I've been training with for the run and then the rest is solo and it's actually been a really incredible process to have so many little things that I'm working on like I'm working on my own training I'm working on the food drops and like learning how to dehydrate and I'm learning about um like getting my prioritized priorities in like my work as well as planning and the maps and what I want to do about it and also like the fundraising is a really huge part of it so doing a bit of speaking and and raising awareness so it's been a big background works to um make this happen it doesn't just feel like oh I'm doing a two-week walk it's it's everything (laughs) yeah I mean 300k is a significant distance that's for sure have you done anything like this before uh, not of this distance, so it's going to be my furthest run and furthest hike, which is exciting. But I have done a couple marathons, and I have done um, quite a few like multi-day, so like just small, small hikes. I'm really excited what a long hike will give. Nice. I have like so many questions. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, yeah. So I was going to. Uh, you mentioned that you're doing some fundraising, so I definitely want to get into that. So before we talk about the fundraising, again, we mentioned that you do so many different activities um, for this fundraising and for this kind of adventure of being on your own two feet, having so many options of other activities that you do. Why have you chosen running and trekking to be the thing that you are kind of creating awareness around? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of things kind of came through my mind as to what I wanted to do. And I wanted to bring something that was a journey. I didn't want it to be one event or one thing. I think there's something really beautiful in the journey of kind of for everyone's own journey. I think it really takes a bit of time and a bit of processing. So I thought it would be nice to have a journey-based thing. So the first thing that came to mind was like walking the East Coast but I think I would keep that separate from a fundraiser in case like I ended up moving there or really wanted to take my time. I think it would be a little bit tricky if I had like a time restraint. And then I was also thinking about potentially running the like south coast of Victoria. But I love running, but I don't think that's my strength necessarily. I really find beauty and taking things a bit slower and, you know, switching off and taking in nature. So I was like wanting to find something like really immersed in the mountains um something that just yeah feels really right and I could speak forever about just how good it is to be out in nature and the benefits of being in greenery for like clarity of mind and feeling connected so I was like if there's something I can share about what I learned through the journey around nature I think that's kind of the way to go nice and that obviously ties in very beautifully with the title that you've given this adventure so moving for the mind do you want to elaborate a little bit more on that and as Kristen mentioned the fundraising and how that all ties in together as well yeah yeah I think over the years that I've spent getting more into nature and moving my body through various things that it was you know climbing running walking that returning to nature I think has been one of the most fundamental things 
for my own mental health. And um, quite a few years ago, I was diagnosed with an eating disorder that stripped away those years. It was really, really hard and took kind of every bit of strength to get better. And I think that's why I've chosen to fundraise for eating disorder families Australia, because not only did it affect me, like it affected my family. And I think, yeah, it takes, it takes a team to get better. And not only that, like my parents went through a lot and a lot of the carers go through a lot. So there wasn't really any support for them when I was going through this. So I hope to be able to help EDFA provide more support and education for others going through it now. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, can you talk a little bit about where that money might be going? Like what does EDFA do um, and how would that support people who might be going through it that maybe there was support that you were missing? Yeah, yeah. So EDFA is a not-for-profit organization and they're run with like a lot of volunteers that do like one-on-one peer support with people with lived experience. They help do like weekly webinars, education, um, they have a lot of professionals that come in and give talks. They do um, group sessions. So even if you look online on their website, they have a huge resource page. They're available for calls. There's really a lot of support that they do that help, like, actually support the carers and also support through education. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such an important thing and obviously so close to your heart as well. So that I really feel like fundraising is always such a special thing, but when you have that personal like deep connection to it it just makes your story and the whole cause even more important I think so yeah fantastic and um where like if people want to donate just while we're here we'll ask at the end as well and we'll put it in the show notes where can people donate to your fundraising yeah so there's a moving for the moving for the mind is the campaign and it's on Reasley so I think if you um give that a google or the there's a link that I can provide but it's um yeah a fundraiser on EDFA nice and you mentioned you are two weeks out. And I know mm-hmm. from like personal experience, when I'm two weeks out from a multi-day adventure, I'm like melting into the floor with just like last minute stress and all the stuff that I realized that I need to do. Uh, you mentioned you're doing groceries and food drops and that sort of thing. Can I ask how your mental health is two weeks out from your adventure? <laughs> it's good today. It definitely was like, a, oh, heck, it's two weeks. Because people are like, oh, so when do you leave? I'm like, oh, seriously, like not it's not for a while like it's not for a few weeks like last week I just took the week off to go climb the blueies I was like oh I've got plenty of time like it's so fine and then today I looked at my roster to take the days off for the things that I've gone I was like I have one singular day available to work I was like whoa okay and it's just been this crazy like yeah as I was saying just like oh I'll just quickly do the food drop I'll give myself two days and they're like I need three power banks. I need like dehydrated food. I'm learning how to use it. De- I've got food dehydrate. I do my drop tomorrow. And right now I still have food in the dehydrator. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's good. I think it's been really nice to just have like a strong sense of community here and a bit of balance that like I, I'm doing it for mental health. I'm doing it as a fundraiser. I don't think it's worth stressing or losing my mental health for. So it's just, it is what it is. Hiking makes me happy. So if I can get myself to the spot where I start, happy days. Everything else will sort itself out. <laughs> Surely, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> right? That's the attitude I have. <laughs> have you ever, so have you ever done anything like this before? No, not of this. Just, I did do, though, something. Um, I was traveling across to South Australia and I had this idea that came into mind to run the Great Ocean Walk. And so about two days out of when I planned to do it, um, similar kind of last minute planning. Um, I was able to source off some friends, like three tents, three sleeping bags, three mats, and I just hid them in the bush and I ran the Great Ocean Road. And that was that was definitely a lot of learning. The first night I rocked up, I was hungry and tired. I just ran like the whole day through mud and I rat ate my dinner because I pre-cooked it. It obviously smelled good. So um yeah. So hopefully it goes a little smoother than this. You shouldn't be able to smell any of my food. I've got proper food barrels, so they can't eat it. I was oh, wondering when you said the dehydrated food. Yeah. However, just going back to that adventure, this just shows my lack of imagination. I had never considered dropping different gear so that I don't have to carry it along the way. Like three tens. Oh, I, I, awesome. I couldn't think of anything else. I'm like, I'm going to run. I can't really run with the tent and everything. But if I have three of everything, yes. then I just rock up and I'm fresh and it was perfect. That is so awesome. I hate carrying big packs. So I'm like, right, yeah. from now on. <laughs> Sarah's taking notes. 
And so for this, are you your the ultra run? Are you just doing with like a hydration vest, and then you pick up a bigger pack, or are you hiding multiple yes. tents along the way? Absolutely not riding with a big pack. <laughs> no, run, and then I'll pick up my pack, and I can put the smaller pack in my pack if need be. But um, yeah, the run should be nice and light as a normal run, <laughs> and then we'll have all my gear ready for hiking. Nice, awesome. All right. So, um, in terms of your decision with the solo nature of this, you mentioned that you know you obviously appreciate being able to slow down. You appreciate your time in nature. Um, did you consider doing this as like a, a crude thing or with a group of people, or was it always like, no, I'm going to start off doing the ultra run, and then I really, really want this time to myself? Yeah, I think I, I wanted the solitude, and I think. The main thing as well is just to give that sense of independence and confidence. I doubt myself a lot. Like that's a really easy thing to do. You know, that, who am I to think I can do this? I'm not capable. That's too far. That's too hard. And I think as much as I've loved, yeah, I've loved all the hikes that I've done. Every run that I've done I've loved. But I think this is really cool because I've had to learn how to really map and plan and it falls back on me. And I think that's what I've been really wanting to challenge myself is like, you are capable of coming up with an idea and executing it and doing it yourself without the reliance on someone. So I think it was like a bigger trip. That would be something I think about down the track just to minimize how much time is spent on the logistics rather than the doing. But I would, the, the confidence that it will give afterwards, I think will be really amazing. Yeah, that's fantastic. And thank you for sharing in terms of like the dates as well, because like I feel, you know, it's easy to look like externally, like you just fit, healthy, doing all of these cool things. Like, yeah, you're going to nail this. Like I have no doubt, but obviously we all have like our inner demons as well. And then part of the confidence comes back to your preparation. Like what have you done in terms of like training? How have you prepared for this big adventure? Yeah, yeah. So I've joined a training program with Her Trails, um, run by Samantha Gash, and that's been really nice. Amazing community that has my back. Uh, like anytime I'm down in the Dandenongs, get to run with them, and it's just a beautiful time. And that's been really nice to be able to trust the same thing, to trust the training. And it's a six, it's a twenty week program. I've trained, you know, it's at least you know ten hours a week that I've dedicated, saying this is for the training for the hike. Uh, walk for the run um, and I've done plenty of um, hikes throughout and I think in the years as well leading up it wasn't like I was ever training per se but you know every week going out hiking or running it's just naturally been that progression. How has that felt to have a little bit more because sometimes it's sometimes it's very easy to go from like unstructured to structured have you enjoyed that process of like all right I'm dedicating myself to this I have a plan sticking to the plan like are you a stick to the planner or are you a wake up and see how my body feels a little bit of both talk about that yeah me and programs don't usually do but it's been it's been really nice because as I said can trust the program because I think I know the doubt in my head would be huge come to the day of the race I'd be like oh I'm not sure if I trained enough or I've done enough that doubt would just be screaming and I think it's nice to be like I've done the work I've trained, like my body's ready. I just got to do, got to do it. Um, but sometimes I wake up and it's like, it's got to run. I'm like, oh, but I kind of want to go for a mountain bike or I want to go for high line. It's just like, I don't want to, I, I am quite an intuitive person and I like to feel what my body wants. And that's definitely a bit tricky seeing what's kind of said to be done. But in saying that, I have stuck to it. Um, and I really feel the difference. Like my body's feeling good. So Awesome. <laughs> That's so good. Um, (laughs) Along the way, like in terms of what you're eating, because that's always a big thing too, are you mostly going to be eating the real stuff that you've dehydrated or is there like what's going to be the thing that fuels you? Well, I did just test my dehydrated food. I put some like boiling water that it said. I wouldn't really call it real food. It's a bit um, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us what you had in the dehydrator. I want to hear about it. (laughs) So much random stuff. There's I've done pineapple tuna, curry, apples and banana. Um, I did like a bolognese. I've got, what else has been in there? Lots of veggies, tofu. I'm not sure if that's going to rehydrate properly. Um, yeah, oh my, so much stuff. It's actually been really fun to just like, oh, I wonder if this works. <laughs> yeah, apparently it does. So it in. it's all in there. 
<laughs> nice. And is that going to um, be but then, what you're running with as well, though, too? Like, no, I'll yeah. have my race nutrition, okay. um, like the gels and, and food beforehand. Yeah. And then I have so much chocolate in my food drops. It's going to be like Christmas when I get there. Nice. So good. Something to look forward to as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Anything at the end of, oh, this. <laughs> anything at the end of a race that has sugar it's got my name on it <laughs> oh yes it's just hit so differently <laughs> and like what sort of like how many food drops do you have what sort of daily distance are you doing when you're tracking mm. yeah I've got three food drops I was going to do two but it was quite a long way to the first one so I decided to do three um and it's about like 50k 70k like 50 so it's maybe that four nights at a time which I think is really doable and it helps me break it up into it's just a multi-day, a multi-day, multi-day, because I think it's so easy to get overwhelmed to be like, what, 300 kilometers and I'm, I'm out there and that's it. It's just nice to be like, oh, I know I can do that. Just to break it up into chunks and to know there's food waiting. It just, yeah. They're just like your little aid stations along the way, right? And I hope that you're mixing up what you're putting in your different food drops. Because I remember following someone, I can't remember what they were doing, but it was huge, like, you know, like would be like PCT or whatever. It's a huge, huge journey. And they put the same thing in their food drops, oh, like the whole long, because no. they just they divided it up. Like, well, I'm going to have this in here and this in here. And so every time they were like, oh no, it's like the same thing. thing I've been eating for the last week. Yeah. 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 Well, like, I even just made a massive curry. I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Like it's a butter chicken with tofu and lentils. And then I did a big batch. I was like, oh, that's technically, or, you know, it could be six dinners worth. I'm like, well, then that's curry every second night. <laughs> if I'm working it out. But um, what's been funny, I think, is checking my priorities. Like now I've got a couple of things on my plate that obviously need to meet a deadline. Um, when I was getting ready for the food drops, before I knew where on the track I was going to put them and like how many days, I um, made sure I bought hot chocolate and chai powder. <laughs> nice. Nice. It's those simple things that bring joy, though, when you're right there. I was like, we sure. might not make the food drops in time on the track, but we do have hot chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> again priorities are you yeah. gonna be are, are there huts along the way or are you carrying a tent how does that work yeah i have my tent but um i'll be making it pretty much to a hut each night so i'll probably just set my tent up next to the huts but it's been amazing being around bright and being able to see a lot of the huts around like hotham and Feathertop and bogon like they're just amazing yeah, it's such a beautiful area. I hiked the, is it like the Alpine Crossing? Um, yeah. At Christmas so time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and just the huts. Oh, it's, it's just so nice feeling like you're in the proper mountains. Um, yeah. you, you also mentioned like a deadline. What's like, what's determining the time that you're taking to do this, if anything? Uh, there isn't really. It's more just this is the weekend best to do the food drop. So that's kind of given my tomorrow is the last day to put anything else in there. Um, and then I guess I want to make it back in time for Christmas. That's the main end deadline. Um, I originally had, I would walk like from my birthday up until, and then finish on the run, like walk from Bright to Kosciuszko. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, what happens if I get injured or it takes longer than I thought that then makes the run like potentially not be able to happen or I'm there too early. So I thought that just makes so much sense. Do the run and make my way back to right and I'll be able to like finish with everyone so that's the thinking perfect nice. perfect I um, am gonna probably switch a little bit of gears here and I hope it's okay that we're gonna dive into it a little bit more um just coming from your background of having an eating disorder do you find a lot of pride now like we just had a big conversation about food and how excited you are about, about eating along the way and stuff and dehydrating all this food. Like, yeah, I'm so excited for this curry and, you know, the chocolate and stuff. Like, it, that must feel pretty empowering to be able to come out of, you know, you don't have to go into details or anything, but coming out of an eating disorder and now being really excited about food as well, too. It's crazy and I feel so grateful because it almost didn't cross my mind the gratitude of how it used to affect me because it's just like, oh, yeah, cool, I'm excited, this is a hike, this is, you know, it's it's crazy that it just feels so normal um, and to know just how incredibly ruled by it I was and it wasn't just, you know, oh, I died or, like, choosing how I eat, like, 
there's no part of it was functioning. Like my parents were caring for me. I was out of school. I was in and out of hospital. It wasn't wow. like, oh, it's just a small part of your functioning that's not well and you're a bit tired. It's under full supervision and care. And yeah, unfortunately, food wasn't even something that I didn't mind. It was just, yeah, something I couldn't even comprehend and deal with. And it's, I'm very grateful, I think, that, yeah, I get excited about it again and have that healthy relationship and worked so hard as well i think getting into kind of sports and things to not take it too far i think that's it, it was a, for years really really working hard to not take anything too far or to the extremes or to eat too healthy or to push too hard but also to eat enough and like a lot of that therapy i went through was hey let's try eat takeout let's eat chocolate let's you know go against all those norms of what's acceptable in that diet culture so it's been a big learning curve Definitely. And like all of that food also fuels like it's a, a integral part of you getting through these 300 Ks is it's fueling your body yeah. as well, too. Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely helped. I think when I started to travel, it was like, oh, well, if you're wanting to be in these kind of more remote places or be welcomed in to have dinner with someone, you don't get to choose, you know, how you go about it. You You come from this place of gratitude. So it was really like, really had to work on overcoming those behaviors to be like I'm really grateful with whatever that it is that we have whether it's not something that I typically have or was scared of like if I want to have these experiences where I'm in people's homes and on the road and without a fridge I've got to make those changes to have that lifestyle mm. well yeah thank you for sharing them yeah I think it's amazing I, I again, we don't even need the details but I know that it's a huge deal it sounds like it was something that was quite significant in your life and I think it's also part of like a little celebration, not even a little celebrate, like this will be a big celebration <laughs> of what your body can do now as well. I think that's a great, um, I guess, advocacy for um, EDFA as well. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's not just that focus on the food. It's the fact that like, look at what you're achieving, like in terms of like that physical accomplishment as someone who has been in hospital, like to be out there just living what looks like your best life in nature <laughs> like seriously I cannot wait to see you out there and I'm curious with that in mind how do you plan you've mentioned creativity and documenting places and memories how do you plan to document the adventure if you do at all oh I haven't got it too planned anything in particular but definitely will have a notepad with me really love like writing and journaling and we'll hopefully have yeah, a little sketchbook with me. So drawing up some of the trails. And I really love putting in little funny things like what happened where and and um, having some visuals. So my sketchbook is something that I love carrying around with me. Um, so I'm hoping to get some, some pictures in there. Fantastic. I look forward to seeing those if you choose to share them. And I guess that's the other thing as well. Like what do you feel about social media when it comes to adventures and sharing that journey? Is this something that's very personal to you that you prefer to keep private or are you happy to put it out there and, and for more people to see yeah I think that's really interesting I think because this is a fundraiser mm -hmm. I really do want to get the word out there I think usually I'd be like oh I don't really want it to be around me it's my adventures I don't really want it to be put up it feels this strange like me me thing that I, I don't like the feeling of but it's definitely put me out of my comfort zone to you know jump on podcasts and and be out in the media but it's because I have that really strong cause and I kind of want to do anything to be able to raise awareness. And if I can be a voice for that, like I would love that. But I think it's interesting, the push and pull between what I put up and what I keep to myself. I think the reason I do put up stuff is I'm usually pretty in awe of like just what I learn. Like, you know, say like the high lining, that's a massive overcoming of fear. I would love to talk about, you know, overcoming fear and feeling it and doing it um, or things that I learn or funny things. I love, I love sharing that. Um, but I think still, especially when I do things solo, I do it for a peace of mind and clarity and peace. And I think that's a really nice opportunity to switch off. Yeah, absolutely. And I suppose with that in mind, you mentioned fear with the highlining. To me, that's immediately obvious where fear comes from. <laughs> you're bloody high in the sky on this thing and you're able to balance. <laughs> but do you, I mean, again, up to you if you want to share, but do any particular fears come to mind when you think about the adventure ahead? Oh, I think the one like doubt I have, not necessarily around like safety or doing it, but just is 
that I've taken on something too big. You know, the imposter syndrome, the who are you to think you could do something like this. I think that's always going to be very real. Um, and because I haven't done anything this big before, I can't be like, oh, cool, well, you know you've done this. You know, it's that, like, new territory again. But I think it's more just the doubts of thinking I can do it. And hopefully I do. <laughs> um, and definitely fear around missing something. I'm worried that maybe I haven't, like some, it's very classic of me. I'll like go do a hike and it's like, oh, did you check the weather? I'm like, mm, forgot about that. You know, like the, the something like, oh, okay, have you got your gas? I'm like, you know, like I am very known for sometimes forgetting some important things and getting caught up in like the details. So I'm really hoping there's, there's not something that I've forgotten that's really important. Um, I guess we'll find out, but I think I've covered as much as I possibly can. And controversial question, because I believe you 100% are going to complete this and you're going to have the best time. But what would it mean to you if you didn't complete it? How would that feel? Um, I think it will be, I think it will be fine. As I said, I would love, like would love to finish it. And I really think I can. I really think I will. I think um, you can But it's like part, the Australian Alps walking track is a 700 kilometer track. So it's like, I'm doing a section of it. It doesn't matter if I'm doing the whole thing, a part of it. Like, I just chose this amount of distance. So I think it really is just, it's a journey of the hike anyway, whether I chose it to be a week or three weeks or, or the whole thing. So I don't think there's any tie. I'm not achieving a number or a date or a distance. So, yeah. At the end of the day, you've designed your own adventure and what it is is what exactly what you want to create and what it is in the moment. So, yeah, like you do you when it yeah. comes to this. And I think that's crazy as well when you get to the stage of, like, coming up with something. It's like, oh, I'm not forced to do this. No one's making me do it. I just came up with this idea and now it's happening like there's no right or wrong or you have to do it it's just that's just so it just shows like you can do anything that you set your mind to and that no idea is out the limit <laughs> and it can be totally that's up to you as well too like that's the cool part about it you're like we say it on the podcast all the time exactly yeah like you swim there ride there you can choose to sleep as much as you want you could like there is because no rains at the end of the day <laughs> nobody else cares as much as you do, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, again, you're doing it for fundraising. Fantastic. But like we said the same thing for Sarah, who is also fundraising too, of like, if you don't finish it, everybody's life is going to go on. Like, it's not the end of the world. That's Your life will also go on, you know? <laughs> but it, it's enough to care about. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's cool. <laughs> and I also... Yeah, but with the fundraising, sorry, it's like the people who are contributing believe in you and believe in the cause. Exactly. If you actually end up just doing 50 kilometers and sleeping in a hut for three nights and you know that's that's your choice well I'm not going to be asking for my money back you know? <laughs> like, yeah 100% but um it's just crazy though how much like change happens in the process so like I haven't even done the hike but I feel like it's already made I've already learned so much as well like I've learned how to you know write a pitch and I've learned how to like do food drops and prioritize and plan and find that confidence myself to be able to do something and believe in it like all these things I've learned and I've had some amazing conversations around mental health already and like some of my closest friends that even if I weren't to finish like I feel like it's already made a big difference it's it's huge absolutely and that's the thing it is it's so much more than just being on the trail itself it's the prep it's being there and it's also afterwards and the processing of that as well no doubt yeah it's not just that two-week period it's the months before and and after as, as you would know totally like even with sarah's kind of adventure as well we like kind of joked like the 700 kilometers of, like and your 300 kilometers is a massive deal like that'll be really hard but like almost once you start you're like oh okay i'm doing it the easy part now kind of sets in like i just have to wake up every day and just move my body like that's what and you what? love doing that's why you're doing it <laughs> like it's almost the easy thing of like doing the actual distance yeah <laughs> I feel like the prep is like the hardest bit. And then once you're out there, it's like, well, you're where you love being, right? You're doing what you love yeah, you doing. Do it's thing. a gift. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard, but then that's a weird gift in itself as well. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm i very excited for you. That's for sure. Is the mm. trail very populated? Like, are you going to be seeing many people there? I think there will be a few people. Most people go from south to north, so mm. I might be passing through. Um, it is also a fairly popular time to be doing it, but I'm not sure how busy. Like it won't be, it won't be too. I don't think it will be too busy. And you might have not thought about this, which is totally fine too. But any like considerations of just being 
a non-male <laughs> out on the trails? I haven't put anything in place. Um, I yeah, got like my safety, my in-reach, PLB. Um, I tend to be as cautious as I can. And I've got plenty of people who know where I am and can also access me. But I think there's not much I can do. Like as unfortunate as it is, I, I personally feel very comfortable and safe. If anything, I feel safer being out hiking than out in the city. Um, but yeah, it's not something that crosses my mind too much. I don't get too caught up on it. Good. Because for a lot of people, it is a consideration as well. And Sarah and I have had that conversation too. Like when you're out on the trails, like you're kind of around like-minded people who are all just there, just enjoying nature just as much as you are. It's that thing of like, now you're around more people, you're in the city and there's more things around and why aren't you in nature? <laughs> so yeah, I think that's great. But it unfortunately is a consideration for a lot of people going out and doing something on their own. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Mm. Do you find at least that um, now you've started talking about this and you're sharing more in terms of the adventure and I'll admit, I don't know how much you've shared previously in terms of your eating disorder history. Do people reach out to you on the basis of being a solo woman adventuring or do they want to connect when it comes to mental health? You mentioned you talked to your friends and that had opened up conversations. Have you been receiving conversations like that? Are you open to that? Like if people are listening and think, oh, I really connect with this. How do you feel about hearing from people? Yeah, oh, I really, really love it. I think having deeper connections really helped me. Like I really felt when I was going through it, I felt quite alone and different. And I almost felt like I lacked that depth. Like I was, you know, good at social, just like, you know, passing around. And what really I think changed was feeling really hurt and having those really deep conversations where you can kind of open up about anything. So I've yeah, been very lucky to have some conversations around all of it about being, you know, solo adventure and um, eating disorder and mental health, but just that space you can hold for someone to really open up, I think is really profound. So I think, yeah, any topic, absolutely love more than welcome to reach out and message, but I think just that feeling of connection and like, sharing that I think is just so important yeah and again coming back to your podcast like if people are listening you hold a beautiful space when you're interviewing and when you're facilitating this conversation so if anyone has any questions around that check out check out Lisa's podcast because you really are fantastic in that role thank you (laughs) (laughs) all right I'm conscious of time is there anything else you particularly want to share about this or about anything that we've discussed or haven't discussed no not really I think it's just like a really good reminder for anyone that is listening to um you know do do what it takes to look after their mental health whether it's you know rediscovering some hobbies or taking some time to be out in nature or sending a message to friend a friend to check in or like receiving help I think you know it could never be any more important than it is today to look after ourselves and our mental health so that would be a little reminder Absolutely. Kristen, is there anything else that you want to ask? No, that's great. I'm super excited to follow along. And again, I know that you feel that imposter syndrome, but it sounds like you have so many people in your corner who are cheering you on. It's going to be great. Very excited. Thank you so much. Including us, that's for sure. But you don't get to go just yet because now that you've said all these beautiful things, we have a profound question for you before we finish up that we ask all of our guests. So I used to coach little girls mountain biking on the mountain bike trails here. And at the time there were no toilet facilities and the little girls couldn't make it through an hour without needing to pee. And they would ask if they could go for a wild wee. So our question for you, Elise, is can you tell us about your wildest wee? (laughs) Oh, gosh. That's a good question. let me think on that for a second. I've done many. I love a good, I love a good squat. <laughs> Can pop a squat. That is absolutely my forte. So I'll like kind of actually. This is as well. yeah, this is one I will, okay, I will, cool. I will have to share because it was last week and it's really embarrassing. Um, I went climbing and I was like, oh, you know, rather and like there's obviously people around. I was like, rather than like take my pants off to pee, I can just like squat down and move my pants to the side. I was like, oh, genius! And I was there like, this is the best thing ever. And then. I thought it was on my pants. So it's like, yeah, we didn't get very far. <laughs> I was going to be very impressed. I have not mastered that by any means. I've had so many. I reckon next time I got it though, 
<laughs> yeah okay i love you just give me one more chance i think we've spoken about this on a different podcast as well where megan roach is just like able to be on a bike in lycra like pee without taking anything off like power off like or power to you if you can do that i think that's amazing keep like shoot for okay. the stars that was, yeah yeah that's definitely not a story of the wildest way just the most embarrassing way <laughs> <laughs> love it and then um, in terms of, you did mention um, writing, sorry, my dog's just joining in here. This is Ness. You did mention writing pitches. Do you have any sponsors to shout out or any supporters to um, that you'd like to shout out? Yeah, I've got a couple that are helping support me, which is amazing. I've got Take the Lead, which is like a sustainable apparel that um, do, yeah, really amazing Australian-made sustainable clothing. I've got Coda doing my nutrition and electrolytes for the run. I've got Bright Brewery supporting me along some of the journey and I think that's yeah I think that's everyone helping out nice and then if anyone wants to find you online where is the best place to find you and then also find your fundraising yeah so my Instagram is my name so it's Elise Marcienti and I also have my art one with the podcast as well which is explore your core and the fundraising is moving for the mind um, which is a Reasley fantastic all right. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been so fantastic to speak to you. We're very excited to follow on and your moving from mind adventure. And yeah, keep in touch. Keep us posted. Thank you so much. I will. Thanks, Elise. Stay safe. Have fun. <laughs> Do you know what's really funny? When you sent me the um, questions before, it said wildest we, and I was like, I wonder if it means like the wildest, like we, like adventure. So I was thinking about my wildest adventure. <laughs> and I got so stunned. I was like, oh, my actual we. <laughs> You look yeah. stuck for a little bit. You're like, oh, oh, we're going in that direction. Yeah, like, like your wild, like your wildest week, like your wildest adventure, like your wildest. And I was like, oh. And okay, I- well, what's your what's your wildest wee? <laughs> like on a mountain bike or something? I or like, I know, but I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I do kind of like that yeah. angle of it as well, though, too. I got me by surprise. Here, we're just like, no, where where have you peed outside? <laughs> Uh, now I've just shared a very embarrassing one where I peed my pants. But yeah, hey, we've had forty other guests do similar things, so you're in good company. Don't exactly. worry. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Well, thanks so much for an amazing conversation. I wanted to keep asking you questions. Like I know you've done your massive run, and I like, want to know more about you. But yeah, for another time. For another time. <laughs> <laughs> great to elevate your voice well i hope you have a good evening and yeah keep us posted thank you so much i will lovely to see you guys thank you see you bye thanks for listening to another episode of into the wee hours podcast to get in touch you can find us on instagram at into the wee hours podcast or email us at into the wee hours podcast at gmail.com On Instagram, Sarah is all the gear, nay idea, and that is N-A-E for all you non-Scots people, and Kristen is at Kristen Vaughton. To read the show notes or to listen on the website, you can visit intothewehours.com forward slash podcast, and to help support this podcast, you can also head over to our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash intothewehourspodcast. Happy adventuring, and we will talk to you next time.